A king who reigns from a manger throne. The God of the universe entering into the world as a vulnerable little baby. The one who made the mountains and the oceans and the skies spending nine months growing in the womb of a teenage girl. The stories surrounding Jesus' birth are full of wonder and mystery and surprise. They're stories that can become kind of familiar and predictable to us as we kind of read through them year after year. But for Joseph and Mary and for the shepherds and the wise men, for everyone who was part of welcoming Jesus into the world as a newborn baby, there was absolutely nothing familiar or predictable about how things unfolded on that very first Christmas. The Christmas story is a story of God breaking into the world in a way that was completely unexpected. In our world today, Christmas is a season that's full of expectation. Right? As we move towards Christmas, we all have expectations about how our celebrations will go. We all have things that we're hoping for, things that we're anticipating. Maybe we have expectations about what gifts we might receive or about how excited our loved ones might be when they open up the gifts that we chose out for them. We have hopes about who we will see and about how things will go when we spend time with them. We have hopes about what the turkey is going to taste like. We have expectations maybe about who's going to help us clean up after dinner, right? Or, or what time everyone's going to go home when the festivities come to an end. Christmas is full of all kinds of hopes and expectations. And on that first Christmas, Jesus was born into a world that was full of hopes and expectations as well. Jesus was born into a world where people had all kinds of expectations about what it would be like when the Messiah finally arrives. They had expectations about the kind of king that the Messiah would be and what he would accomplish for them and how he was going to accomplish it. See, the Jewish people knew that they were in need of a savior. The first two chapters of Genesis tell the story of God creating a good and perfect world, a world where everything existed in perfect harmony, where relationships were characterized by love, where there was no fear or shame or violence, where everything was as it should be. But in order for love to be real, it has to be chosen. And so God gave human beings the freedom to choose between faithfulness and disobedience. And they turned away from God and sin entered the world and nothing has ever been the same since. There was a fracture in the relationships between God and humanity. There was a fracture in the relationships between human beings, the relationships that we have with each other. There was a relationship, or sorry, a fracture in the relationship between humanity and creation. 
shame and fear and violence and selfishness kind of hijacked the human experience and all of creation became subject to death and darkness. But God didn't give up on his creation. He made a covenant with a man named Abraham. He promised that Abraham's descendants would be great, so that he'd make a nation through them, that they would be his people and he would be their God. And that somehow this group of people would be a blessing to the entire world. And so the nation of Israel was formed. And again and again, God demonstrated his faithfulness to Israel. He rescued them from slavery. He provided for them when they were wandering through the wilderness. He gave them the law so that they would know how to live well. But sin runs deep. And Israel continuously failed to live faithfully to their side of the covenant with God. And so they ended up going through all kinds of suffering. They ended up conquered and exiled. They ended up facing all kinds of oppression. But again, God didn't give up on his creation. In the darkest moments of Israel's history, he sent prophets to his people. And through the prophets, he gave them a promise. He gave them the promise of a coming Messiah, a king who would rescue God's people, who would deliver them from their oppressors, who would bring peace and prosperity, who would finally make things right again, once and for all. And this promise of a coming Messiah was their source of hope. It carried them through seasons of suffering and oppression. They waited for this Messiah with bated breath, with expectancy, with anticipation. And the Jewish people had some really clear expectations about who the Messiah would be and about what he would do. They believed that the Messiah would be a mighty warrior who would overthrow the Romans and who would lead the Jewish people into a time of political power and prosperity. But that isn't exactly the Messiah that they seem to get, is it? Every glimpse that the Gospels give us into the events surrounding that first Christmas shines light on another way that Jesus' birth shattered all of the expectations that people had about him. First of all, God invited the most unexpected people to be a part of Jesus' arrival, starting with a Jewish priest named Zechariah, a man who was doing everything right and going through all of the right religious rituals, but who struggled to muster up the faith necessary to believe that God would do what he said he would do through the angel Gabriel. And then there was his wife, Elizabeth, who was far too old to have a baby and who lived with all of the shame and the stigma that went along with that in this society. And this was the couple that brought John the Baptist into the world, the one who prepared the way for Jesus. And then God calls a poor teenage girl 
someone who had no power or social status in her society to carry the God of the universe in her womb, to have his heart beating close to hers, right inside of her body for nine months. Then God sends a choir of angels to a bunch of shepherds who were out on the night shift, just ordinary guys, low in social status in many ways. They were kind of considered outcasts in their society. And God tells them that a savior has been born and he invites them to be some of the first on the scene. Some ancient laws actually went so far as to reject the testimony of shepherds. And yet these were the guys that God entrusted with the good news of the arrival of a savior. And then there's the wise men, pagans, outsiders, astrologers, whose profession was forbidden by God's law, but who consult Herod and follow a star so that they can meet this newborn king of the Jews. And when they find him, they honor him with gold and frankincense and myrrh. Not necessarily classic baby shower gifts in our time, but these were gifts that were fit for a king. It isn't just the wealthy and the powerful or the religious elite who get front row seats to the birth of the king of kings. Instead, God includes the young and the old, insiders and outsiders, those who are full of faith and those who wrestle with doubt. He includes pagans and outcasts. The story of that first Christmas shows us that against all expectations, there's nobody who's beyond the reach of the good news that was born into the world through Christ. Jesus arrives into the world under the most unexpected circumstances. Jesus isn't born in a palace and covered in royal robes upon his arrival as people might have expected for a king. Instead, he's born in an obscure place and laid in an animal's feeding trough and wrapped in swaddling cloth. These aren't exactly conditions that are fit for a king. And not only that, Mary and Joseph, along with the other citizens of the empire, had been forced by Caesar Augustus to make a long, grueling trek to their hometown for a census that was used to collect taxes for Rome. Jesus and his family were living under the authority of an oppressive Roman ruler who had unlimited political power. The Messiah wasn't born into luxury and comfort. The God of the universe came into the world as a vulnerable, poor, and powerless little baby, while his family was forced to manage all kinds of hardship and uncertainty. The circumstances surrounding Jesus' birth remind us that God works in unexpected ways and in unexpected places. There's no challenge that he can't overcome. There's no darkness that's too dark for him. And Jesus brings good news to everyone, everywhere in all of the ups and downs of life. Jesus came into the world with unexpected humility. In Jesus, we see God represented in human form. And who would have guessed that the all-powerful God would willingly choose to come into the world in the ways that we've just talked about. 
vulnerable, dependent, powerless. In Jesus, we see a God who keeps going lower and lower in order to be with us. He's willing to lay aside all of his power and comfort for the sake of the people he loves. Jesus unravels any ideas that we might have about God as being an angry judge or distant and uninvolved. And instead, he reveals a God who comes close, who's humble and gentle, and who is willing to give up everything to be with us. And Jesus brought about an unexpected kind of salvation. When the Jewish people thought about a Messiah coming to rescue them, they pictured military victory. They pictured political power. The only kind of salvation that they had a category to understand involved having winners and losers. Having insiders and outsiders. Having people who conquered and people who were defeated. And to the Jewish people, the salvation that they were imagining meant being on the winning side. But the stories around Jesus' birth give us hints that Jesus wasn't just going to be a savior for the Jewish people. He came to be a savior for the entire world. And as the story unfolds, we see that Jesus didn't come to overthrow the Romans at all. He came to defeat the power of sin and death and darkness to undo everything that had gone wrong back in Genesis 3. He didn't come to conquer his enemies with violence. Instead, he came to suffer and to give up his life so that all people could be offered this gift of freedom and forgiveness. Jesus came into the world to bring about salvation, but not just for the Jewish people. He came to rescue humanity, including each one of us from our deepest oppression and to break open a way to real and eternal life. On that first Christmas, Jesus defied all human expectations and entered into the world in a way that was unlike anything anyone had ever imagined. He included unexpected people. He and his family had to overcome unexpected circumstances. He embraced a posture that was unexpected of a king. He brought about an unexpected kind of salvation, a salvation that was bigger uh, than anyone had ever considered possible. In the birth of Christ, we see God showing up in ways that nobody had ever predicted because Jesus reveals a love that's deeper and wider and more expansive than any human had ever been able to comprehend or imagine. God's love is too big to leave anyone on the outside. It's too powerful to be overwhelmed by difficult circumstances. It's a love that's willing to give up everything and that's relentless in its pursuit to bring hope, healing, and new life to its beloved. At Christmas, we remember that we have a God who came close who entered right into the mess of our broken world and who went to all lengths to bring us back to him. 
And the God who came to be with us in Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, is still with us today through the power of his spirit. In him, we have hope. In him, we have peace. In him, we have joy. And in him, we have perfect, unending, unconditional love. This Christmas, may each one of us keep our eyes and our hearts wide open to the ways that God is showing up in unexpected people and in unexpected places and in unexpected ways to draw us close to him, to bring us salvation and to love us into new life. Would you pray with me? God, you are so good. You are better than we could have ever imagined, God. And we thank you for all of the beautiful ways that you surprise us with your love. As we read these stories of that first Christmas and to this day in each of our lives, God, I pray that we would be people who have eyes that are open to the ways that you're working in the places that we might least expect through the people that we might least expect. God, and in ways that we might never imagine. I thank you for the gift of your son. In your name, amen.